the word of God. Let's preach with him. Come on, let's praise him for another minute, could we? Oh, why don't we shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph tonight? Why don't we praise him with the loud symbols of our heart tonight? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's all right. Oh, why don't we let the devil know we've got the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. What a presence of God in this place. Amen. Aren't you thankful tonight for the anointing of the Lord? Amen. That is the sweet presence of God that moves upon the hearts of men and women and changes lives and speaks to us. Oh, I'm so thankful today to belong to a church. Amen. That, that is open to ministries. Amen. Believes in fivefold ministries. Believes in the nine gifts of the Spirit. Aren't you grateful tonight to belong to a church like that? Amen. Oh, in a world that is sin sick, it's good to be part of the living church. That is alive and righteous and whole. Praise God. Amen. We give honor tonight to all that have gathered into the house of the Lord. Amen. Such a powerful move of God all day today. Amen. I, I'm blessed tonight. We have been hearing from uh, different ministries not long ago. Brother Kevin Cummins and then Brother Jones recently. But tonight I want Brother Chris, if he would, to make his way to this platform. And uh, some may not know, but Brother Chris is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Amen. And for 18 years, he's been ministering in this church. He's been preaching the gospel. He's been praying people through to the Holy Ghost. Amen. He's been teaching Bible studies. Praise God. Been baptizing people in the name of Jesus. Amen. And has, has great ministry in this church. I want him to come, preach, obey the Lord, sing whatever God has tonight. Why don't we give the Lord and Brother Chris a hand clap as he comes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I feel good in the house of the Lord. Amen. Um, you can be seated. Amen. I, I am so blessed. I'm probably one of the most blessed men in all the world. And uh, I am so thankful for my family that God has given me. Not just my heritage, but the family that he's given me. And I want my, my little girls, if they would... They've been working really hard on a song, and I was gonna, I was gonna apologize and tell them to just wait till next time. But this could be our last church service, and uh, I want you to worship with them. I like her shirt. I believe that this is their testimony. When they heard this song, they fell in love with it. And I'm so proud of them. And sing it for the Lord, girls.
now worry about a thing because you take care of your children. You always take care of your children. And I'm one of your children. want to hear us? Oh, you really want to hear us? Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We serve a great big God who takes care of his children. He's never, he's never failed me. He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. Not one time. Not one time. He's always been closer than a brother, and I am so thankful for him. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would. Amen. If we could turn to the book of Luke, the 15th chapter, while you're turning there. Amen. I am so thankful for this church. I give each and every one of you honor in the lovely name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I, I believe that Praise Temple is the best church ever. Amen. That's, that's pretty good, ranking right up there against Corinth and, and the Roman church and Church in Ephesus. I think I think Praise Temple is just pretty good. Amen. I give honor to my pastor. Amen. Which is also my father. Amen. That's fun sometimes. Amen. But I wouldn't trade it for anything in the whole world. Amen. I'm thankful for my pastor who corrects me when I'm wrong. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. Amen. To all the ministry in the church. Amen. I give each and every one of you honor. We have so many ministers in this church. Amen. I'm just a small part, amen, of the body of Christ. And it is a joy to serve with you, amen, in the ministry. Give honor to all of the youth department. Amen. I am so Holy Ghost proud of every one of you, amen, and what God is doing in your lives. Amen. The book of Luke, the 15th chapter, we're going to go just start at verse 1. 
Then drew near unto him all the publicans and the sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he lieth it on his shoulders, or layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, Rejoice with me. I have found my sheep. Somebody say again, Rejoice with me. I have found my sheep, which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which needs no repentance. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she had found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, read it with me, Rejoice! With me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. I want to preach just for a little while, if you'll bear with me, what a real revival looks like. What a real revival looks like. Could we put our Bibles down and and ask God to anoint this place, anoint this building? Lord, we love you today. I thank you for your anointing that's already here. I thank you for your word, for the truth that you've spoken unto me. I pray, God, that you would anoint once again. Lord Jesus, anoint this vessel and minister to your people. God, open our hearts and open our minds and minister in this place. God, allow me not to be a stumbling block, but Lord, let me to be a help to somebody. Don't let me to be a hindrance, oh God, but but let somebody receive what you would have to be said tonight. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. I'll get out of the way and let you move. God, just speak in this house and minister to your people. Lord, we give you glory and praise and honor in the lovely name of Jesus. Why don't we give the Lord another hand clap of praise as you're being seated. Uh, We serve a good God. Amen. What a real revival looks like. What is revival? Many of us shout and we clap when somebody would declare it from the pulpit. It's revival time. We've been conditioned to the scripture in Revelations 3 and 16 that we must be burning red hot for God unless we be we find ourselves lukewarm and be spewed out of his mouth and so with good intentions we've set in place what we have referred to as revival i think that revival i mean we think sometimes revival is just a list of services that a special speaker comes and preaches at preaches the word of god maybe in a different way than what we're used to hearing and somehow miraculously we are somehow re-energized and recommitted and refocused to the responsibility of the gospel of jesus christ amen so with good intentions we set this thing called revival I mean, and while all of this is good, I believe we can easily mistake what real revival really looks like. 
Song leaders know all too well and the praise team and the musicians know all too well the work that goes into revival services and all of, also the staff and the door greeters. They know how important it is to gather all the information that we do, our follow-ups and our in-reach and encouragement to continue for those to still strive for truth Amen. as they walk into this beautiful assembly. Faithful saints of God know what revival services are and they usually uh, take a, a series of meals and I believe that it is, it is a good thing that we do and it's crucial not just for new converts but it's, it's crucial for the fellowship of all believers alike. Amen. I know that work goes into preparing those meals and the setup and the, the cleanup and everything that's concluded. And we're going to get a good taste of that next week. And I'm thankful for everyone that's picked up the mantle of being a servant. Because unfortunately without such in the church, I unfortunately believe that we would see very little people return into the house of God. I know that revival brings fasting and prayer not just from the pastor not just from the evangelists and not just from the ministry in the church, but also from every saint of God. Anyone who's ever committed themselves to prayer and fasting for revival, I commend you tonight because it is the anointing that breaks the yoke, but it's prayer and fasting that brings the anointing in the house of God. Amen. Sometimes pastors weigh out revivals for different things. And I want to be very transparent and honest with you today. I know many pastors. Some pastors call for revival because they need another voice to be heard. Uh, another voice of the five-fold ministry to be spoken and working in the congregation's life. Some pastors look at it as an investment into the future of the church. And I believe that if you're going to reap in the fields of salvation, you must first get your hands in the dirt of the ordinary. And we must plant every seed in every opportunity that we can. Some pastors call for revival when a certain situation would arise in a church and they might need a break or, or from the struggle or might just need encouragement from themselves. But whatever the case I believe that we all can agree that there is a purpose. There is a need for revival in the church today. Amen. I believe that every Sunday school teacher, every nursery worker, every platform staff, every musician, every elder, every singer, every preacher, every outreach director, every single saint of God, we have a need for revival and we need to see what real revival looks like in the house of God. We don't need just another ordinary uh, mundane revival that we see just come four and five times a year. But we need a real Holy Ghost, a real heaven-given, divine, soul-altering, life-changing, miracle-working revival directly from the, the gates of heaven. We need revival if we've ever needed revival. We need revival today. In a world that's growing ever, ever evil every day, the word said it would. We need revival. We need to show the world Jesus. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that this world is, is going down at an, a very alarming rate. And if there's ever been a time when the church needs to be the church, it's today. We need to take a stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to stand boldly in the face.
face of our adversary and say, give it your best shot. I'm standing on the firm foundation of the word of God and I shall not be moved. I'm talking about real revival, a real life changing revival. We need not to make, we need to make a stand for that. I'm not talking about standing just in our self-righteousness and and declaring that me and Jesus got our own thing going on. Let me declare unto you today that there are very few times in the scripture where the gospel or salvation rested on the, the shoulders of one individual. Very few times. Even the mighty prophet Elijah who thought he was all alone. Standing up against that that wicked spirit of Jezebel when he declared unto the Lord, just take my life for there is nobody else but me. God spoke to him and he said, there are many, many that have not bowed their knee to Baal. I'm here to tell you today that what we need is a real life shaking revival. We need the real thing. If we've ever needed a real revival, we need revival now. Oh, yes, we do. Revival is never ushered in by one person. But it's a collective movement by the body of God. The body of Christ Jesus that declares unto him, Revive us again, O Lord. Revive me again, O God. So I would say to those that feel in the burden in the church today, You are not alone. Get up and wash your face. Get back in the game because we are so close to the coming of the Lord. Come on, the enemy is throwing his best shots now. But let me tell you, according to the word of God, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There's nothing that can stop the church. We need revival. We need real revival. Uh, We need to declare to the world. I know that you don't understand everything that's going on within the walls of the church. But God is showing himself strong amongst his people. Oh yes he is. In the church we find our refuge. Inside the church we see miracles. Inside the church we see healings. Inside the church we see new birth experiences. Inside the church we find our joy. Inside of the church we find our peace. Inside of the church we find our support. Our support system and fellowship in the Lord. Inside the walls of the church we find a judgment-free zone and a condemnation-free zone. Oh, I love the inside of the church. I was only a couple days old when I made myself, made my introduction into the house of God. And I fell in love with the church. Make no mistake today. I love this place of refuge. But my mission far supersedes these four walls. It goes so far beyond what, what these walls can hold. And I love the sanctuary. But I wonder... If the church has been so focused on the inside and not enough focused on the outside. I wonder if if we put more emphasis on the way we conduct our services than how how, what's really going on on the outside of the building. I wonder if we focus so much on how efficient things work while we're in the church that we have overlooked what's going on on the outside. Come on, we'll spend our time grading ourselves with how spiritual we are, by how many are attending our services, by how good of a shout is going on. Can we, oh Jesus, can we really say, oh, what a move of God we've had today. 
You know, Sister Sally come up and she had a touch from the Lord today. And, and Brother Bill, my Lord, he just come up and, and he just received a blessing from the Lord today. But is that real revival? Have we limited ourselves? Have we limited God and confined him to these four walls? Have we left our services where no one's made a move to the altar yet somehow validated that it was the will of God because somebody had some blessalujah moment sometime down at the front? Have we been guilty of being content with a shout down service thinking that we reached the pinnacle of the Holy Ghost? Don't get me wrong today. I love to shout as much as the next person. But how simple, how is a simple shout expanding the kingdom of God? Think about it. What difference are we really making in the lives of our neighbors that we live beside? What is the purpose of all the liberating power of the gospel of Jesus Christ if we just hold it in to ourselves? Is it just so that we could feel good when we walk away out of this place? Is it just a, a place where we come and validate the way we live, the way we walk, the way we talk, the way we dress, the way we act? Is it just another feel-good feeling to you? Just hang with me. Is your idea of revival? Oh, we have 99. That's pretty good. We have a coin or two in our pocket. That's, that's pretty good. We have a great song leader. You know, that's, that's pretty good. We have the best pastor in the world. That's, that's pretty good. We, we shout every service, and you know what? That, that's pretty good. Everybody is dressing right, and that's pretty good. Everybody's got their hair right, and that's pretty good. People are starting to finally get it down pat. They know when to shout. They know when to clap their hands. They know when to say hallelujah. They know when to stand up for the preacher, and that's pretty good. We finally know how to sing and clap on beat. The media's finally got it down in the words. Thank God for the media. But what if I could convince you today that real revival doesn't look like that at all? As a matter of fact, real revival to the seasoned saint looks like a bunch of chaos. It looks like very, very much chaotic. Real revival is stressful. Real revival is smelly. Real revival is time consuming and it's very expensive. It's taxing. It's labor field work. Real revival looks different from what is preached in conventions, in conferences, in camp meetings. Oh, I love a good camp meeting. I just spent a day in Indiana District Camp Meeting. Next week we're going to have a great time in the Lord in our camp meeting. I love when everything's flowing right, when all of the timing is down pat and there's no dead space and there's order because i got to have some type of order in my life and I thank God for all of that. But what if I told you that the real revival is not actually about the 99 that you have at all. The revival is more about the one that you don't have. Oh yeah, real revival. I'm talking about real revival. Not just a feel-good moment. I'm talking about a real revival. Real revival doesn't happen by accident. Real revival, real revival requires effort. It requires some long days and some sleepless nights. Real revival comes from searching high and looking low, trying to find the one that's not there.
Don't think that you can have real revival and not get your pretty clothes messed up. Don't be fooled into thinking real revival will come wrapped up with a pretty bow on it. Don't think that you can have real revival and... I want real revival. I want real revival. We got to be prepared to be stained by some of the things on the in, of not the enemy, but some of the things of the lost. I mean, it'll require some blood, some sweat, and some tears. Real revival pushes us out of the norm of status quo. It causes us to be stretched out of our comfort zone. It forces us to look through the lenses of Christ Jesus. Real revival. You see, real revival doesn't start in here. Real revival starts in the field. Jesus said, I come to seek and save that which was... Didn't he say that the fields were white with, for harvest? Wasn't Jesus ridiculed over and over again by those that he associated himself with? Countless times he was confronted by those holy people. Those religious people saying, why in the world would you eat with publicans and sinners? Why? Simple, really. He was searching for the lost. He was searching for the lost. What if, what, what if the term lost doesn't really mean too far gone? But it actually refers to the fact that nobody has found them yet. What if the reason we haven't experienced real revival is because you haven't found it yet? What if you're talking, what are you talking about preacher? We come to church every time the doors are open. We, we, we seek the face of God. We seek the direction of the Lord in our lives. And, but but what, what if we're looking at the wrong things? Revival is more than a shout. It's more than just another song. It's more than just another good message. Real revival looks like a search party. Some of us declare that we want real revival, yet we're not seeking after a thing. Some would rather be content with the 99 and justify the lost one rather than leave the 99 and search for the one. Why? Does it, does it matter? Does one matter more than 99? At this point in my life, there, there's 99. I got 99. But there's one. There's one that's not there. There's one that's not there. Does one really matter that much in the grand scheme of things? Well, let me ask you this. If it was your son and daughter, how much would it matter to you? Some look at the brush and the overgrowth that you might have to look through and dig through and say it's just too much work for one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I probably won't find them anyway. 
Some justify it away and say, well, you know, they wanted to go their own way anyway. That's just the way they wanted to go. And, and, and you know, that's, that's why they're in the situation that they're in anyways. And, and when I find them, you know, they're going to be so covered up by the world. Ain't, ain't nobody going to want them anyway. And they ain't going to be good for nobody anyway. But let me tell you something today. Jesus died for whosoever will. Who are we to say that one is too far gone? Who are we to say that we, they can't hear the words of salvation? When you get a hold of real revival, you won't look at people the same way. You won't find people in their condition and turn your nose up to them. When you have real revival, you'll quit looking around at the 99 that you're with and quit judging them and looking at them and thinking, well, they don't have this right or they don't have that right. Let me tell you something. If we were all really busy about the kingdom of God, if we were really all searching for the one that was lost, we wouldn't have time to be looking at the ones that are around us. As a matter of fact, why don't we just let the pastor deal with that and ministry deal with that? And why don't we spend our time looking for the one that's lost? I believe some of the, one of the main reasons you might have a church problem or a church scuffle is because people aren't busy about the kingdom of God anyway. Oh, we justified away. Well, we're having good revival. Man, we're having a great service. Man, did you hear that song they sang tonight? I ain't never heard nothing like it, but I'm talking about real revival, life-changing revival, life-altering revival, where your brother and your sister and your neighbor and your aunt and your uncle can find forgiveness at an altar. Real revival is searching high and looking low for the one that's lost. Real revival's not pretty. Real revival's dirty. Real revival, I promise you, it'll wear you smooth out. Oh, yes, it will. Real revival, while you're looking for the one that's lost, you're going to get tangled up in some bushes. You're going to get dirty. Oh, yeah, you will. If you're really looking. I mean, you'll, you'll go over the edge of the cliff and say, I wonder, did he, did he, did he fall over here? When you're looking for the lost, I mean really, really looking for the lost, you don't care how low you've got to go. You don't care what people think about you when you're associating with with them. It, It doesn't matter anymore because the thing that matters more than anything is that we have real, real revival. I brought a little prop, you know, you know me and props. I found a little lamb. You see, I know he don't look like much. I know he's just a little thing. I know he probably don't pay his tithe yet. And I, I know he probably don't give his offering yet. And he probably don't even have a job. You know, he's pro- he, he probably going to cost the church a little bit. You know, he, he may, we, may, we may have to buy him a bag of groceries or two. And, and we may have to cut his lights on. And, and we may have to help him with a gas bill or a water bill. And, and I know he don't look like much, but I'm talking about real revival. You know, you, I might have to take him over here. And I might have to take him over there because he don't have any transportation. But you see... You you don't understand what I understand. This is my little lamb. This is the one that I'm supposed to be looking for. Sometimes we candy coat it and we do this thing wrong. We'll find somebody already in the church. We'll say, look at the lamb I brought. Look at the one I brought in. 
Big tither. Big give man piano playing dude. Yeah. And we began to compare lambs. And you'll look at that and you'll say, man, you really want to really show off that dirty lamb? Instead of rejoicing with the one that found his lamb. Oh, yeah. Nitpicking. Talking about him. You don't understand. It's my lamb. It's mine. And God's given it to me. And I don't care what he looks like. I don't care what he sounds like. I don't care what he smells like. I don't care what he acts like. This is my lamb. And this is what God's given me. And this is my job. And it's important for me to carry around my lamb because this is what real revival looks like. Real revival. Real revival. Real revival starts in the field. It starts in the search and it starts in the looking. I'm afraid sometimes we come to the place we're so consumed with the examination of others in the fold that somehow we've allowed the one to slip through the cracks. We're so focused on who's the cleanest out of the 99. Who's got the prettiest coat? Who's the less tangled out of them? Who who stayed closest to the shepherd? Not realizing in our self-justification that we are partially responsible. For a lamb in the midst of fussing and in the midst of disagreements, we will allow little lambs to come in and go out the door. Let me pose a question to you. Can you go fishing and not smell like a fish when you're done? Some people can. I can't. Brother Cook can't. Brother Matt Crick, he can't. That's a fish catching dude. Hey man, you wanna you wanna smell like fish. You get in a boat with him, I promise you. You gonna smell like fish and them, them cheese and butter crackers he eats. Hey Amen. In a ski. Yeah. Because when he's out there fishing, he's giving it all he's got. How many knows that we've been called to be fishers of men? Some of us want to be soul winners, but we don't want to, we don't want to smell like, like, like men. When you're sweeping the house looking for your lost coin, you better believe that you're going to get a little dust on your shoes. You're going to get a little dirt on your pants. If you're dedicated to the cause, if you care about it enough, you're going to sift through the dirt and you're going to sift through the stuff. And when you get a hold of real revival, the things that you used to, that used to matter to you ain't going to matter to you no more. The way that you perceive people is going to be altered. Let it be said. Let it be said that Praise Temple has been and will always be a place of refuge for the sinner. Peace for the brokenhearted, salvation for the lost. I know that we have come and we have had an influx of people from other assemblies, and I am so grateful for every last one that's in the building. And I count it a privilege and a high honor to serve in the kingdom of God with you out of this assembly. But let me tell you how this church was built. Let me tell you how this church was built. It was 
2005 when we made our way into, into this beautiful building that Brother and Sister Sisk labored into and they, they gathered people from all walks of life and they, they put them in this building and, and God had done a, a great work but, but I believe that, that something happened and people just changed their mind and, and that's okay and, and I'm not knocking anybody but, but we went from about 100 down to I believe it was 22 and I watched as my pastor, I, I thought, man, I was 18, 19 years old. I thought, what in the world are we going to do? Man, I, I don't know how we're going to keep this up. It's a big old building. Man, it's too much for me to sweep. Too much. It kills mom to, to vacuum this thing. I mean, she, she does it so well and she holds everything up. But, but man, this is a mighty big place for 22 people. And I watched as my pastor... He got a revelation from God. He 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 come up out out of praying for 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 direction from the Lord, and he had this grand idea. He was going to buy this bus, and oh, did we buy a bus? It was the most goofy looking bus. It was the reject from Hopkins County that they sold to a tote the no place, I believe. It was yellow and it had a big old blue top on it. Yeah. And man, we got some people to decal that thing. I can't remember where we got them people from. But there was bubbles all in that lettering, man. And out of the 22, we decided, Brother Sister Moore, we were going to have a bus ministry. Remember? But we didn't have no bus kids to pick up. But we had a family that had a hard time getting to and from church. That had six or seven kids at that moment. I don't know how many they had now. But they had a bunch of kids, so we stuck them on the bus. So that maybe we can entice other people to get on the bus too. We were faking it. We, the beginning of our bus ministry was already saints of Praise Temple Apostolic Church. But let me tell you what happened. Because we started putting our hand in the fields of salvation. Because we started sowing seeds of salvation. We watched as one of those children received the Holy Ghost in the back. We did. We began to teach them what it was to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. And I watched this five and six and seven year old. There was even a three year old kid got the Holy Ghost. Right there in the back when we didn't have. Man I think when we took the kids they probably had ten people in here. They would get through and we would still be praying people through to the Holy Ghost. And I, and I would be wore smooth out and, and Sister Cook would come and she would, she would help as we would begin to pray these people through the Holy Ghost. This thing ain't always look like this. Let me tell you how Praise Temple got to be Praise Temple like this. It, we didn't go gathering saints from other churches. We went out in the highways and the byways and we knocked doors and we passed out tracks and we gave away bikes and, and we gave away waters and, and we gave away all kinds of things just to entice somebody to come to the house of God. Praise Temple was built on outreach. Praise Temple was built on outreach. And I, I tell you, I believe the heartbeat of our pastor is outreach. You know what that means? Reaching in. No, no, no. Outreach means reaching out. Real revival, real, real revival is dirty.
Let me tell you something, church. Don't you hang your head about a thing in here. Don't hang your head one about one thing in here. Don't you hang your head about one person in here. Don't you say one thing about one person that's sitting in one of these pews. Don't you, don't you say one thing about somebody that's in the house of God because we're doing everything that we can to get them to, to, to heaven. We're doing everything that we know to do to help save a soul. We're not in competition with a lighthouse. We're not in competition with Lone Star. We're not in competition with Truth Apostolic. We're not in competition with anybody. We belong to the same body. We're just another member of the body. Oh God, let me tell you who I want. You give, you give me the Johnny folks. Yeah, you give me the Ricky Griggs. All day long, every day. I, I'll take it every day. They, they, they might take some attention. They might take a little run in here and there. But let me tell you something. They make pretty good saints too. Oh, yes, they do. They make some of the most loyal saints to the house of God you will ever find. Oh, give me, give me a Hubert Hunt. Give me a brother like this that's coming into the house of God and saying, I'm doing everything that I know to do. I'm serving God to the best of my ability. Let me tell you what real revival looks like. It doesn't look like what you think revival looks like at all. Her revival looks like this. Where'd he go? Where did it go? Yeah, they're still, they're still back there. Where, where did he go? God, I, I know I had 100. And I know there's 99 right there. And I think, yeah, they're, they're still over there. But I, I got one I got to find. I got one that I got to find. Oh, where the musicians come. As I drive around. As we look around Madisonville, there are so many lost people. There are so many lost people. Real revival starts in the lost and found bin. Write that one down, Sister Alyssa. Real revival starts in the lost and found bin. You know the stuff that nobody else is willing to claim? Your revival starts with the lost. It starts with the lost. It starts with the lost. You know, we ask people, have you found Jesus yet? And I would submit to you today, if you call yourself the representation and the ambassador of God on this present world. Why don't we change our questioning. And turn it into a rejoicing moment. Hey. I found you. I've been looking everywhere for you. I've looked high. I've looked low. Brother Ricky, I've been looking for you. Brother Johnny Foe, I've been looking for somebody like you. 
I believe God gave me a dream five or six years ago. And I've seen your face waiting for the day that I could find you. I looked everywhere. I looked in the gutters. I looked in the ditches. I looked at the trash. I looked everywhere. We never look like, never look like what you want them to look like just yet. Church, I'll tell you my heart. Rejoice with me. Quit making fun of it. Rejoice with me. Rejoice with me. And I don't mean anything, Brother Foe, in any derogatory way. This is my friend whom I love. Brother Ricky knows I love him. Brother, Brother Hunt, he knows how much I love him. The Lord said, he told a parable if we would all stand. Luke 14, 22, 23. And the servant said, Lord, it's done as thou hast commanded. And yet there is room. Everybody look at this chair next to you. Everybody keeps saying we want to build. We, we need to build. We, we need to build. And I want to build so desperately. We still got a lot of empty chairs. And the Lord said unto his servant, Go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house might be filled. Does anybody know what compel means? means to bring about by the use of force he said you go compel them to come what are you doing running those buses we're compelling them to come what are you doing answering that phone call all those wee hours of the night I'm compelling them to come they're just too much work no, I'm compelling them to come. Sister Madison, you were compelled to come. You were compelled to come. You used any force necessary. What, what does that mean? That means, come on. I, I know you don't just come to church. But please come on. Just, just try it one time. Just, just please come to the house of God with me. We, we ought to compel we ought to really use some force. We ought to start, Brother John, come here. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not meaning this in any derogatory way. Have you witnessed to your neighbor? No. We've got to compel them. Let me show you what that means. That means, look, hey, bud, 
man, we've been living side by side. We've been living in the house right next to you. You know, I don't know you and you don't know me, but, but let's change that. Let me, let me tell you about something we have in common. I know you think that I'm crazy and I go to a church, but let me tell you about a God that I serve. Compel them to come. Compel them. We're waiting for the perfect little lamb to walk through the doors. Think of a verse, I believe it's found in Jude. I believe it says, I may quote this wrong, but it says, saving some by fear, pulling them. Pulling them out of the fire. Compelling them to come. Compelling them to come. I wonder, is there anybody in the house of God that wants real revival? I'm not talking about another camp meeting. I'm talking about another shout. And we're going to have all of those things. Because they're needed in the house of God. But who wants real revival? Who would say, Lord, let it start with me. Lord, let it start with me. These altars are open. I believe that we should all find a place. We should all kneel down and say, God, I want real revival. I don't want a watered down thing. Lord, forgive me for looking at everything else. Forgive me, God, for having my eyes on the 99. I missed the one. I missed the one. I missed the one. You could be the one. Youth group, you could be the one to start real revival at Praise Temple Apostolic Church. It could start at the kids' quest age. It could start at the young at heart. It could start at the young married group. them to come I don't care how much of an intellectual you may think yourself to be or how wise you may declare yourself among your peers if wisdom is the application of the knowledge that you have attained and you're not looking for souls just how wise are you according to the word of God doesn't Proverbs 11 and 30 declare this the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life but he that winneth souls is wise I want real revival I want real revival come on church let it let it spread like a wildfire Oh, come on, a campus was turned upside down not too long ago because somebody wanted real revival. Come on, can we cry out unto the Lord? Come on, I'm going to push just, just a little bit. I, can, we, can we really cry out unto the Lord? Where, where really are our motives? Where really is our heart? What is really the intention of our spirit anyway? God, give me one more lost lamb. Give me one more soul, God. Oh, you're coming back any moment of any day, any second. You can split those skies. Give me one more. 